Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking Addiction and Recovery, and I'm going to talk to you right out the gate about an important issue of waiting to get help. And everything with COVID-19, as it started to impact people's day-to-day lives with school, with employment, with businesses shutting down and being closed, my initial fear was that people were going to have the thought of, I'm going to wait to get help when it comes to mental health issues and substance use. So initially, obviously, there was the concerns of how is this virus impacting, you know, the people that I counsel and work with and supervise, and just the general sense of what we all are experiencing with that. And then it went into more so about, you know, how is this going to impact people's lives and when it comes to, you know, pretty much everything with relationships, with finances, with how people are going to manage schooling with children, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, the the worries, no doubt, were there and are still there as far as how this was going to impact people that I've worked with, people that I know. And that's it's a large amount of people at the one clinic there's we have over 400 patients who are seeking treatment for substance use you know at the outpatient clinic I work at you know we have over 20 clinicians who have their own caseloads and we're trying to figure out as things change how are we going to keep providing help for people because we knew that it was going to be needed like that was never a doubt that COVID-19 wasn't going to present challenges and difficulties for people with mental health and substance use. There's always also the idea that just people in general who who don't have a mental health disorder diagnosis or substance use, that COVID-19 was going to have such an impact on people's mental health and emotional well-being there's no doubt in my mind that this was going to be a need like there I never thought that our place either place that I work at was going to shut down I I was never thinking that there was going to be a you're not essential because there's definitely how this is impacting everyone is pretty much like across the board it's having mental emotional physical financial relationship impact that there's going to need to be help for And to do that is to have services like therapy and counseling and treatment and everything like that. So right away, it was, I remember we had a staffing as soon as we shut down in person and we started doing things online and telehealth. The the first, you know, question was really like, how do we stay, you know, connected with our current clients? How do we make sure that people are aware of the services that we still have because my initial thought, which I remember telling the group was people are going to have in their mind, the idea of I'm going to wait to get help. And sure enough, you know, I think no longer than a week went by, we kind of checked in to see how people were doing with like appointments getting scheduled and were we seeing an uptake, you know, an intakes, were we seeing this in, you know, week one, you know, there are people saying how some therapists were saying how all of a sudden clients of theirs were like, well, I'm going to wait till this is over and we can get back to face to face to do that. And for some people, that's okay. They're, they're at a spot where maybe they've been able to manage things and, and deal with things and have the coping skills and all that. 
But I also believe there was a number of people who also just believe that they, and I think this is probably in their best intentions, to wait until this is over in order to then go back and get help. And I understand that because everyone right now is going through this, like, waiting for certain things. And it's really hard when it comes to prioritizing for every single person what that is. And I don't know anyone who's not waiting, you know, for something. There's There are things that we're waiting for on different levels for people, for different reasons, for different purposes, and so on and so forth. And I don't have the ability to really create what would be like a list of priorities for everyone because it's not the same. You know, someone who, like myself, you know, the one we hear about so often is the haircut. You know, so a haircut I can wait for. I don't need that right now. Someone who owns a barbershop and that barbershop is what helps pay their bills, put food on the tables. That's their the way to make a living. That's a different story. But we're all waiting for certain things. And we're waiting for places to open. We're waiting even to get lines to go to places that are open. We're waiting to find out if some businesses are going to open up again. We're waiting to see if we can even uh, go back to jobs or if the jobs are still there for some people. Waiting to go back, you know, with teachers going back to teach, students waiting to go back and learn. And even for the people who've been working and during this whole thing, there's a lot of people working in different areas, different systems that probably they're waiting to get some kind of a break, you know, and I can attest to that with everything that we've been going through with managing uh, an opioid treatment program is all of this has caused a lot of disruption and change and we're waiting for things to where we can try and get to some new kind of normal or normalcy into our day-to-day stuff. So everyone is faced with like this daunting task of trying to reprioritize their needs in a world that has gone through changes at times without any notice. And all of a sudden, what you hear this morning changed by this evening, and then tomorrow morning something might happen, and it we have no way to just prepare and sit and think about it, we sometimes have to make pretty quick decisions and choices about how we are going to deal with these changes as they happen. So it's been a message that sometimes we need to wait for things and understandable that some things do need to wait, but there are also things that don't have to wait. And that is getting help for mental health issues and substance use is not something that needs to wait. And I've was worried about this right away because of knowing that it's hard enough asking for help. And that's something that I've talked about in a previous episode of mine in that it's it's difficult. It's it's not easy. It's challenging. It's difficult for people with addictions. It's difficult for people with mental health issues. It's hard for anyone to really go out there and ask for help. It's usually not the first choice first option you know one through five or ten or whatever is trying to do it on your own figure things out so to the point where people get when they ask for help i know that that was not the first sign that they needed help so it's not like this is the easiest thing to do but asking for help and getting help right now is still a priority for mental health and substance use and should not be taken a back seat to other things it doesn't mean forget about everything else it doesn't mean Forget about your bills and focus on the recovery. 
the flip side to that is we know that if you don't take care of your recovery or mental health, it's going to make it even more challenging to take care of those bills and other problems you're dealing with. So right from the get-go, I knew that COVID-19 was going to have an impact on both areas, mental health and substance abuse. And one of the ways that I look at those things and pay attention to those is by looking at you know headlines, research, and all that kind of stuff and just kind of see what's been going on and sure enough with mental health you know there was talks about crisis phone lines going up domestic abuse rising the impact of isolation and suicide anxiety depression all that stuff was obviously concerning that this was going to impact people with mental health when it came to addiction then and and stuff related to substance abuse you know it was uh, there was talks of the drug cartels, you know, with shortages of, you know, drugs out there and impacting that. And then all of a sudden people thinking that that would be a good thing. However, that also could put a lot of people into withdrawal. And especially with, you know, look look at opioids, you take a look at other things, you know, like people trying to recover during times of uncertainty and social distancing. One of the biggest things we talk about in recovery is connection. And then all of a sudden finding out that places like support meetings, you know, AANA, Smart Recovery, and all those types of groups were now not going to be available. And also, you know, there was a lot of things. One of the articles I read about was it was actually nine signs that you're drinking too much during the pandemic, coronavirus. And so all these things are pointing out the fact that there's no doubt there's still a need. This This is needed. We can't just look at this and say mental health and substance use needs to be held off on and it was really difficult when a colleague of mine um a little while ago reached out to me and sent me a message and that was asking hey i just want to know your thoughts about how covid19 is going to impact addiction and recovery and with everything all that going on you know that went to my mind and you know sad part about that was two days prior to her asking I found out that a former client of mine that I treated years ago experienced a fatal overdose and two weeks prior to that I had a current client who experienced a fatal overdose and there are times where that those waves hit you where I've there was one weekend I remember finding out that three people I knew had overdoses and that's not unusual but when those things hit and then when COVID-19 was going on and she asked me this question it just reiterated to me the fear that I had of people waiting to get help at a time like this when help is still available there's a lot of things that have been made available to us as clinicians and providers to make our services more available. The use of telehealth and phone sessions and also, you know, even at the place of the opioid treatment program, we are not allowed to be on a a hold for admissions because of we want people to be able to come in and get help if they need it. But I know that there's that thought that I will I will hold on and wait for that. And even if it's not treatment, it's just people needing services for their recovery. I know when I talk to some people about going to an AA meeting or someone goes to church for 
their support and their recovery. I had a couple people say, well, they were going to wait until, you know, face-to-face stuff happens or gets, they'll start going again. And right away, I, you know, I say, I understand that there are some things that I myself have said I'll wait to do because it's closed or it's unavailable. But these are really important things for people's recovery. And I always believe that if you take something away from your recovery plan and you don't substitute it with something that it was doing similar to, I worry that that plan is not as strong as it was before. So if you're going to meetings and that was providing you with connection, support, a safe place to talk, accountability, and now all of a sudden you don't go to that and you decide to hold off, and maybe that's a two months, three months later time frame, now all of a sudden I'm concerned that person doesn't have the connection, the support, the accountability, and the safe place to talk. So that's why I'm always talking about people, when you remove something from it, your recovery just doesn't automatically keep functioning the way it does. And this is why I talk about like maintenance stage of recovery is, and I use like the example of a car is you take away something that was helping you get through your recovery and maintaining your abstinence. That's like taking a big component of the car, like a piece to the engine or the tire or something and taking that off. Your car is not going to function the same. So I was concerned that people were going to stop doing the things they were doing or they were not going to seek help because of the idea that, well, I'm going to wait for that to happen. And there's here's a real sombering point to this is that I can't think of any good story where or outcome where the idea of waiting to get help was the better choice. So out of all the people that I've met, out of all the clients that I've counseled out of all the supervision I've done with counselors who are working with people. I have not heard a story where the person was like, you know, I waited to get help and things got better. Oftentimes it's the exact opposite where people waited to get help and waiting to get help continued to have drastic consequences. And a lot of people will say I should have done this earlier. And that's you hear horrible horrible stories you know of the one that i hear often is you know some parents are trying to help their younger child out or one of their children out and they're pleading with them and the the child goes okay you can you can take me to treatment tomorrow and the parents are like we can take you today we can go today like let's go right now and the person goes no i I'll do it tomorrow, I promise. And tomorrow is too late. And there's far too many stories where waiting to get help has only made things worse and has resulted in tragedy. Waiting to get help is not something that often leads to the outcome that we're hoping for or to the desire and help that a person needs. So understanding that there's a lot of priorities going on and trying to figure things out, you can't underestimate the need to still prioritize mental health and substance use issues. Both still need help, focus, treatment, prioritizing, coping skills, all that kind of stuff. This isn't something to put on the back burner 
and say, I'll pick this up when everything with COVID-19 is over with. And I'll tell you why. It's because COVID-19 is not going to wait for itself to, to do what it's going to do in order to then decide to say, I'm going to come af- affect you. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like people with mental health or substance use are going to be immune from this and not affected. It's going to be affected just like everyone else, but even more so because of what someone with mental health and substance use deals with. So the things to pay attention to is that like life's problems aren't going to wait. You know, COVID-19 is not going to wait. Symptoms of mental health won't wait. The impact of mental health on individuals and loved ones won't wait. The difficulties people have with using won't wait. The impact of addiction on individuals and loved ones won't wait. You know, so it's important that we look at the fact that we still need to prioritize our mental health issues and substance use issues and still seek help that is out there. And that's one of the things I really want to emphasize. And that's where we're going to go into with like my my tips for this whole thing on asking for help is that number one, services are still available. They're out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of times where I've heard or had people question like, well, are you still open? Are you still doing this? And I know when a lot of places start shutting down, things are closing, they're not open anymore. There is probably some thinking going on that, hey, I bet my this isn't open anymore. There's places are shut down. Places have been impacted, no doubt about it. Places have had to change how they do their services, but there's still a lot of services available out there. So before thinking that it's not available, do some research, find out, call places, look places up. There's a whole um, vast amount of information out there on hotlines and resources available. So make sure that before deciding that you can't go because it's closed, first make sure you do your due diligence and find out if it is open or not because I've, I've heard that plenty of times where people have asked and assumed that places that I work at and other services, you know, counseling, therapy, treatment related are closed and they are not closed. However, that goes in the second point where it's, we have the same sources, but different formats. So even though we might not be open face to face, that doesn't mean we are not available. And that's where there's been a lot of increase in availability to help provide necessary mental health and substance use services. So we do therapy through telehealth and phone sessions, but we've also seen support groups that have gone virtual. It's different. It's, it might be uncomfortable, but it's still there to provide you with the help you need. The third thing I want to talk about is add up to what you do for your recovery. If you took something away because something's been closed, make sure you got to add something to that. Add a little bit to what you need to do that was taken away by something being closed down. So if you are going to remove that because it's closed, like a place, like a meeting, how are you going to fill that in because that meeting is now not available? The fourth tip is to really try new things. There are a lot of ways to help your recovery without even really knowing or being aware of it. You know, all of a sudden you do a little bit here, a little bit there, but just try something new 
you know, attend a meeting online, try meditation, do a little bit of exercise, you know, reading a book about recovery, listening to a podcast about it like you are now. A new activity or hobby can be one of those things that you add that can make it kind of strengthen what has been lost due to some of the changes you've experienced because of shutdowns and closures and all that kind of stuff. These little things can be a difference maker even when you are challenged with such big obstacles and dilemmas and difficulties. Don't underestimate the little things. And the last point is number five, the best time to get help is right now. There is no better time to get help than this moment. I already talked about before that there's too many stories of where a person decided to hold off and get help and the end result is tragic and is not the way that someone probably wanted to be. There's no need to hold off on mental health or addiction services or treatment or resources because they are available to you right now. To end, I want to share the story of a man who was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. And so you may be familiar with this, but the man was praying to God for help. Soon, someone came in a rowboat and the fellow shouted, jump in, I can save you. The stranded man shouted back, no, it's okay, I've prayed to God and he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by and a fellow inside shouted, jump in, I can save you. To this, the stranded man said, no thanks, I've prayed to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. Then a helicopter came flying by and the pilot shouted, grab this rope and I will lift you to safety. To this, once again, the stranded man replied, no thanks, I've prayed to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and the man drowned. He went to heaven, finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God, at which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me down. Uh, You let me drown. I don't understand why. To this, God replied, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? And it's important to kind of look at that. I imagine a lot of people out there are feeling the waters rise as stuff with COVID has continued on and timeframes and timelines and things that we've been doing and worried about continue to grow and, you know, pressure is mounted and, you know, bills are getting behind and kids aren't going back to school um, and all this kind of stuff. You're not going to the job and businesses aren't opening up and the changes that we go through. And it's important that while we feel that way, we have to look at the different kinds of help that are out there right now as we deal with this. And for some things, we do have to wait, but that doesn't mean everything we have to wait. So there may have already been some things that have gone by and you decided, no, I'm going to let this ride out. And you don't have to wait for that. You don't have to wait for the waters to rescind in order to get the help that you need right now. So when we're talking about, you know, waiting to get help, like don't wait to get help before the water gets too high. There are rowboats, motorboats, and helicopters out there ready to help you now when it comes to services for mental health and substance use. And the most important thing is to to catch those and grab a hold of those and take the help you can when it is there. And it's a lot of ways that it is now. It's not as traditional as we're used to, but start to look at those and grab those little things, the big things, even when 
it seems like the best thing to do is to wait. The best thing always to do is to take care of that issue now. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your recovery. Utilize what is out there because there is plenty out there to help you. So just a reminder again that waiting to get help is not something that needs to be done right now or that doesn't need to be put off. It can be prioritized to do it. Find those things. And by doing so, you can still address the mental health and substance use issues now while you're also trying to deal with everything else going on in your life. But please make that a priority so that you can manage everything else that you're dealing with on top of the COVID stuff, substance abuse, mental health, other life problems. There are people out there right now who are able to help you. So please reach out for that help. It's out there today. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for listening.